We're going to turn our attention once again to the Old Testament book of Exodus. The instruction on the tabernacle and the furnishings that went inside the tent and outside of the tent as part of the tabernacle. But even as we turn to Exodus 25, which is the point that we're at, let's not forget what the tabernacle is or what it will be once that construction is complete. This is God's house. This is His dwelling among His people. Uh, This is a dwelling like no other. The materials, the design, the artistry, all that that went into this dwelling really made it a palace uh, within the camp of God's people. So there'd be absolutely no mistaking who is taking up residence uh, among the people. So we're going to read more about the details of this structure that will emphasize that very thing. But the instructions from the Lord to Moses on the mountain start from the inside out. We've learned about the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, The tabernacle is a palace. Then there's a throne room, and that that throne room is uh, that most holy place where the Ark rests. Then outside that curtain, in that front room, the holy place, there is a golden table with the bread before the Lord's face at all times continually reminding the people of His grace to to give the thanks and gratitude to Him. Then across from the table is a lampstand, which is what we're going to read about this morning. So Exodus 25, beginning at verse 31. You shall make a lampstand of pure gold. The lampstand shall be made of hammered work. Its base, its stem, its cups, its calyxes, and its flowers shall be of one piece with it. And there shall be six branches going out of its sides, three branches of the lampstand out of one side of it, and three branches of the lampstand out of the other side of it, three cups made like almond blossoms, each with calyx and flower on one branch, and three cups made like almond blossoms, each with calyx and flower on the other branch. So for the six branches going out of the lampstand. And on the lampstand itself, there shall be four cups made like almond blossoms, with their calyxes and flowers, and a calyx of one piece with it under each pair of the six branches going out from the lampstand. Their calyxes and their branches shall be of one piece with it, the whole of it a single piece of hammered work of pure gold. You shall make seven lamps for it, and the lamp shall be set up so as to give light on the space in front of it. Its tongs and their trays shall be of pure gold. It shall be made with all these utensils out of a talent of pure gold. And see that you make them after the pattern for them, which is being shown you on the mountain. And then the the parallel construction of the lampstand is found in chapter 37. We're not going to read through that at this moment. Um, That's verses 17 through 24 and 37. But I would like to read a couple of verses from chapter 27 uh, pertaining to the oil that was used for the lamp. So verses 20 and 21 in chapter 27. It says, you shall command the people of Israel that they bring to you pure beaten olive oil for the light, that a lamp may regularly be set up to burn. In the tent of meeting outside the veil that is before the testimony, Aaron and his sons shall tend it from evening to morning before the Lord. It shall be a statute forever to be observed throughout their generations by the people of Israel. This is God's holy word, a lamp to our feet a light to our path. Let's pray together. Lord God, we do praise you for this word. And now we look to you to lead us. 
to guide us in our understanding and applying this word to our hearts and to our lives. Lord, we don't assume to do this on our own. We cannot do this on our own. And so we ask you, even as we have sung this morning, to speak, O Lord. Speak to us through your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As a young boy, about seven, eight, nine years old, I really looked forward to October 31. Not because it was Reformation Day, but because it usually meant I could put on some type of a costume and grab a paper sack and walk around our neighborhood or my grandparents' neighborhood and ask people that I didn't know or really had no interest in knowing for candy. And one of the unwritten rules that we had on that night was if there was a porch light on or a light on by the front door or if there were enough lights on in the house that made it look like someone was home, then it was, it was, it was safe. You know, go for it. Knock on the door. But if there were no lights on outside, it meant that no one was home or that if they were home, they didn't want you to know that they were home. And so we stayed away from the creepy houses with no lights on. But if the lights are on, it's much more inviting, right? If the lights are on, someone is probably home. So a light on in the tabernacle means that someone was home. And not just anyone, but the Lord God encamped with his people. He's home. He's in residence with them. And they can find him there to worship him in this place. So having a light on in the tent was very uh, important and very practical. We're going to read more about how the tent was constructed and the layers that went uh, over this tent. But when it was all put together, it would have been pretty dark inside this tent, especially in the evening. Um, The priests who are interceding for the people, offering sacrifices, generally caring for the tent, they needed light. So the lampstand serves as a very, as very functional, very practical purpose. They needed to see what it is they were doing inside the tent. And we've mentioned the last several weeks that God doesn't need these things. He doesn't need a tabernacle. He doesn't need an ark. He doesn't need the bread on the table. He certainly doesn't need a light to find his way around to see what's going on in the tent. But the priests do. The people do. So with the light of the lampstand, they, they see that the Lord is home. Uh, very well may have been the brightest thing in the camp in the evening time as, as lights were put out. Uh, but where the light is, the Lord is present. We're going to draw that out uh, some more. But why do you and I need the lampstand? Why do we need the light in the tabernacle? I mean, we got electricity. It's flowing pretty good at this moment. We don't need lights to see the, you know, our books open in front of us. Do we need the light? And you, even as I ask that question, you're probably thinking, well, well, yeah, we do need the light, not so that we can read, but we need the light of truth. We need the light of God's presence. So what can we see spiritually here? A spiritual significance in the lampstand. Um, 
that points us uh, to Christ. We can see that both for the people wandering in the wilderness, for the church today, the true Israel of God, the lampstand, its light shows us um, the Savior for the people as well as the service of the people. Savior and service is what we'll focus on. Uh, so this, this lampstand, this menorah, is, is freestanding from the floor, maybe about five or six feet tall, we're not exactly sure, uh, weighed about 75 pounds altogether. That is a hefty, well-built lampstand. Um, good for traveling from one place to the next. Um, just like the ark and this table, it's very ornate, solid gold, very uh, decorative, fit for the king's palace. Um, and you're not, you're not going to find a candelabra like this in just any old tent uh, among the Israelites. And the Lord was very specific in how this lampstand was to look. Six branches, three on one side, uh, mirrored three on the other side, uh, decorated with forms uh, that look like almond flowers. Um, that The bud or base of the flower, called the, the, the calyx, and then the blossom. Each lamp was to, to sit on top of, of a flower. So if you were to stand back and look at it, this lampstand has the appearance of a tree, a tree in blossom. That, that's a picture we just need to, to camp out on for a moment. Where do we read about trees and the importance of trees in the great story of redemption? God placed the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden. And there's the, the tree of life. Life, peace, communion with God represented by this tree. And we hear about it again at the end of the story, in Revelation given to John. Here's what it says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. This paradise, described more at the end of Revelation, said that this tree of life yields its fruit as part of the worship and healing of the nations. So here's a picture of the life-giving power of God in this lampstand. And prophets will sometimes use a picture of an olive tree or branches when speaking about the nation of Israel. Jeremiah chapter 11, Hosea 14 is one example. Let me just read that for you. I will be like the dew to Israel. He shall blossom like the lily. He shall take root like the trees of Lebanon. His shoots shall spread out. His beauty shall be like the olive and its fragrance like Lebanon. So by the mercy of God, His people will be like a tree, firmly rooted, fruitful. And the apostle will use this picture of an olive tree in Romans chapter 11 when referring to Jews and Gentiles who have been grafted in. So the lampstand, God's chosen people, the ones that He has uh, delivered are before Him. And that's, that's uniquely pictured in the decoration on this lampstand. Uh, we think of almond blossoms, a picture of flourishing, a picture of, of provision and blessing. Uh, when the Lord confirmed His word to Aaron and Moses, and he had, had the leadership in Israel bring staffs together. You remember it was only Aaron's staff that budded with ripe almond um, fruit. This is the Lord confirming his word. This was 
And this was the staff of God. This was the staff of Moses and Aaron, the staff of deliverance. So a lampstand lined with almond blossom shows at least the Lord's favor, deliverance of His chosen. He is their Savior. So the tree of life flourishes where God is present. And with His presence at the tabernacle, we see this tree pictured blossoming with light. I think that's just really the most important part of this piece of furniture. It's the light that it gives. The Apostle John, who is known for how often he uses that language in his writings, says, God is light, in Him is no darkness at all. The Creator God speaks, let there be light. His light passed through. Thinking of the Old Testament here, the light passed through the pieces of of the animals he made covenant with Abraham. He appeared to Moses in the light of the fire at the burning bush. His light goes before the people in the wilderness. His light would walk among the Jews in the first century. His light rests upon believers in the New Testament. A light that, that fills all those who look to Him today. And John closes out his revelation in paradise. They will, see, or they will need no light or lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Just think of how often the songbook of Scriptures and the Psalms use that language of light. We've read it this morning. The Lord is my light and my salvation. He gives light to His people. He's the source of life and light. So as we look at this menorah, this mobile menorah, that has quite a message. Message for the people, message for us. The Israelites would look to God for life, look to Him for light, and we look to Him, to His Son, Jesus Christ, who is the life and light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life, Jesus says in John chapter 11. I am the way, the truth, and the life, chapter 14. And in chapter 8, I am the light of the world. The light that shines in the darkness, chapter 1, all in the Gospel of John. Without this light, apart from Christ, we're left just wandering, spiritual darkness. We're blinded by our own sin. As we hear Peter's first letter, we, we continue to stumble around in darkness until the light of Christ shines on us. It's only the light of the Holy Spirit that can really free us from the spiritual darkness, enable us to walk in newness of life. So here's another piece of furniture in the tabernacle that's just shouting, we need Christ. We see Jesus on the atonement cover. We see Jesus in the bread on the table. We see Jesus now in the light on the lampstand. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. If we're going to understand ourselves rightly, we're going to understand who God is, what He has done, continues to do in the course of redemptive history, we need the light of Christ. 
and the life, the, the light that Jesus gives, it's eternal. It doesn't run out. It's the very theme that we see carried into Revelation 21. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Just take that, take that bee and flip it over. He is the very lamp of heaven. So with every, every glimpse at this lampstand, we get a picture of what's ahead. We get a picture of the glorious future that is ours, that awaits all those who belong to Christ. So it's right here. We just need to say that the, the darkness can be suffocating at times feels suffocating. I mean, even with a beautiful week like we had this last week, sunshine almost every day, um, there's, there's darkness in our own hearts. And there's some dark clouds over our relationships. The path ahead may look dark. We don't understand where the Lord is taking us and how this path can be a good one. We don't have to blink twice to see that the darkness of the world right outside our front door that calls what is good evil and celebrates evil as good. Church family, I want you to take courage. The light of Christ endures. Unlike the Olympic flame, the light of Christ is the eternal flame. The Lamb is the lamp. He shines brightly. He shines through you, through me. That's what takes us into this next point here. The Lord provides a light for His people to see Him, to worship Him. When all the lights in the camp would go out in the evening time, this is the light that stays on. So the Lord's present. He's home. He doesn't sleep. And so the people were to provide this olive oil that kept these seven lamps burning on those evening hours. And it was part of the responsibility of the priest to go and, and trim the wicks of these lamps as part of, of their work. So just like the bread each week, uh, there was a need for new bread and need for new olive oil. Um, provide a means for the people to worship. So it really served as a reminder that they did not exist just for themselves, they were to serve. They were to be a light for the nations. Think of that covenant language, you may recall, that God shares with Abraham in Genesis 12. I will bless those who bless you. Him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Fast forward to Exodus 19. God says that all the earth is His. His people there will be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Other people were to know more of God, of His deliverance, how He was to be worshipped through the people of Israel. So this light, the picture of the light and life of God in their midst, they were to keep burning, to take this light with them into the promised land. Think of the prophet Isaiah. He comforts the people of Israel by reminding them of God's purpose and saving them and giving them the light of His presence. Listen to what the prophet says in Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come. 
And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you, for behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and His glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. The light of salvation that the Lord is for His people, He is for the nations, for all peoples. Others will be drawn, continue to to come to Him through the light that shines uh, through His servants. So we can hear that call to service uh, in the church. The priesthood of all believers as a part of this picture. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And for those who are bound to Him by faith, He also says, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others. They may see your good works, give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Because we have been made alive together with Christ, His life flows into us, flows out of us. The lampstand looks like a tree. Jesus describes our life in Him the same way. A vine with many branches. He's the main vine, our spiritual, physical life. We blossom and bear fruit as we live into this new life. One commentator put it this way, the world has no light other than the light which we shed abroad by holding aloft the lamp of the Word and lifting the Lord Jesus Christ and letting Him shine through us. Now we are the light shining for Jesus in a very dark and confused world. Shining forth the beauty of Christ and the only gospel that exists and that exalts uh, exalts Christ above all. So are you and I that glowing testimony of God's grace? The light of Christ shines brightly through us. It shines brightly in us when we're just showing a special kindness that no one else sees but the face of God. The The light shines brightly when we go about our work without complaining or grumbling shines brightly and we're quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Shines brightly when we give generously to those who are in need. We speak the truth in love, laying down our own lives for the sake of Christ's name. That's our service. It's really part of who we are. Part of our identity now as children of of light. Paul says in Ephesians 5, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of life is found in all that is good and right and true. Maybe very lonely at times, a very lonely flame burning for Christ. You may feel like you are the only one shining in a particular situation or particular circumstance. I was thinking of uh, Tolkien's last installment in The Lord of the Rings. When the city of men, the great ministereth, is under siege. But above the city is a large wooden pyre used as a signal. And this huge torch is, is set ablaze, and the film actually does a really neat job of this. As it pans out across the mountains from the city, and a few seconds later, you see another flame from the signal. And then it pans out you know, 
miles over the valley into another range and then another light. And then another. Um, and I don't know what Tolkien had in mind at this point, but I love that picture. Um, the signal spreading. The light of Christ is spreading. It will continue to spread until, well, until the king returns. This flame wasn't alone in Minas Tirith. More would come to the source of light, including the king himself. When he comes, his glory will split the skies when the king returns. So if you come home to the light, are you walking in the light of Christ? We find picture here in the lampstand. Now is the time to look to him, to see him with new eyes of faith. I think in speaking to the crowd, Jesus said of himself in John chapter 12, the light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. The light is shining through the people of God. It's here now through the preaching of His Word. It's heard wherever, wherever the finished work of Christ is made known. The instruction given to Moses was a pattern that he was shown and conveyed to the craftsmen there in verse 40. Uh, but this pattern for the tabernacle, all of its furnishing, just a copy of a heavenly dwelling. God's eternal home with His people. You can look in Hebrews chapter 8. The lampstand's a picture. It's a tool to turn our hearts to Christ. Turn our hearts to, to heaven, the land of promise fulfilled. You can hear the words of Charles Wesley. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all He brings. Risen with healing in his wings, mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. That's our gospel song this morning. Jesus is the light of the world. He is our life. So let's shine brightly for him till the very moment that our king returns. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you have given us the light life of, in Jesus, who is our light, who is our life. Lord, work this truth into our hearts, into our minds, that we would desire to follow you, O Christ, our light faithfully, that we would shine brightly the beauty and the love that you have shown us in Jesus. Lord, may the light of truth go before us, guiding us. We thank you, O Christ, that you, the Lamb of God, are the true lamp of heaven. Come quickly, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.